0: This is an SM Media production. and welcome to the second episode of this series of The Rewind right here on SM Media. I'm Scott McPike it's an absolute pleasure to be your host as always. We are looking at Dundee United in this week's episode and in particular the reign of the manager of Ivan Golak what happened when Dundee United appointed Yugoslav International Ivan Golak to be the club's new manager replacing long term -term mainstay Jim McLean who had obviously moved upstairs to be chairman of the club and what followed was a Difference from the status quo is that fair? To, I think that's fair to say when Dundee United actually won the Scottish Cup, but we'll go through it all in detail. And I'm delighted to be joined by in this week's episode, long-term Dundee United fan Alan Fisher. Alan, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on. Scott, thanks very much for the invite. mate, it's a pleasure to come on. I'm really looking forward to this one. This is one where it's it's hard to it's hard to really kind of think about just how weird this time is from a Dundee United perspective. I'd imagine.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I thought I'd seen it all, mate. You know, I've seen them beat Munch Gladbach with Matthias in the team 5 nine and I've seen them lose 5 nine at United at Tanidice. Uh I've seen them win at the New Camp and I've seen them lose at Boghead. <laughs> but the last few weeks, have just added another chapter to, and it's it's been a really disappointing uh, spell as far as I'm concerned because I think, you know, a good manager has lost his job uh, on the back of what we're led to believe being player power, which is very, very disappointing. And and obviously some horrific results uh, didn't help matters either.
0: No. It kinda rings a bell, though, to the, the 90s. Is that fair to say? I like, read uh, the United went through a lot of managers in the past 30 years, but I don't think there's been a managerial change as seismic as this at Dundee United than there was in 90s. Well 90s. I
1: mean, that's definitely the quickest uh, change there's ever been. Uh, e- easily, easily. And, and it's incredible because we went from the high, one of the best nights at paradise for 20, 30 years, to two absolutely horrendous, pathetic performances uh, within about three weeks. Uh, Caution, to me, as I said, what I think is a good manager, his job. Um, and it, it's, it's very, very disappointing.
0: Uh, and now we're back to square one. Yeah, and it's, it's weird times, but who do you think, do you, do you think Liam Fox is our runner for the job? Well, to me, the last couple of seasons, although we got fourth
1: last year, the standard of football was actually horrific. Um, and to me, Liam Fox has been there during that period, so it's not one I'd be picking, to be honest with you. Um, I'd almost say guilty by association also with the, what's been going on recently. So, no, I prefer a, a clean broom. But the, the problem is that I don't think the manager is, gets a chance to manage the club properly. I think there's too much uh, outside interference that they are looking f- to me, they just want somebody as a head coach, um, that can be n- manipulated. So right away you're you're ruling out I mean, I might personally be wanting Derek McKinnish and Tory Dockery, but I can't see them coming into that sort of setup.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean it's gonna be an interesting few weeks for the day, United, but let's let's turn the clock back to nineteen ninety three when Jim McLean had moved upstairs. He'd obviously moved upstairs as chairman in 1989, but he had his managerial run had came to an end in 1993 when he moved upstairs permanently. What were your memories of that? Like obviously Jim McLean, legendary figure at Dundee United, had obviously won the league, had worked wonders at the club. But when he was when he was kind of making that full time movement up the, into the directors' box, what was your memories of that time? I think, you
1: know, it was maybe time for a change, Scott, because I think the old style of management, um, I mean, you certainly wouldn't get away with it now. You know, Ferdi, you know, the, Ferdy was the same hair dryer type scenario. You wouldn't get away with it now. And there was starting to see a change of the, the new young breed that had come in, the likes of Big Dunk, uh, Ray McKinnon, Andy McLaren, and, and Welsh and all these boys. I, I don't think there were... <clears throat> so compliant that maybe players in the past had been and just said, yes, Jim, no, Jim, and got on. But I think it was maybe a wee bit more of, they were a bit more gallant. Mm-hmm. Um And I think Jim would find that hard to deal with. Uh, just It's just a different attitude. They were all great players, but I think things were changing, Things were changing. It was maybe just about the right time for him to, to move on. I mean, he'd, he'd been there some like 20 years. So, you know,
0: so it was maybe just the right time. Do you think it was a case of as well that football had changed... In front of Jim McLean's eyes, like, as you say, the 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 painting, the digging ditches, the painting, yeah, painting the gems and things yeah. Like, that, like, yeah, go and clean my car
1: and all that right. sort of thing. You know, that's exactly right, Scott. You you weren't going to get away with that any longer. Um, it's and and Jim would found that very difficult. I think agents were becoming a bigger issue as well, and and he was pulling what he had left out, uh, trying to deal with these types of guys. So sometimes in life there just comes an end of a a
0: natural end to an era and that was probably just about the right time Usually with an end of an era though this is an interesting thing usually you kind of know who's going to replace Jim McLean was there a was there a thing at the time of like this it might be like a the assistant at the time maybe getting the job or something was there any talk of who was who was going to be the replacement was there well, there was, you know what, Scott, we had absolutely no idea. And there was very little
1: said in the press. It was quite a closely guarded secret. And Jim tried to make out he had no input into the, the new manager's position. At all. I, I find that hard to believe, the, the way that he controlled everything that went on at the club. But he was adamant that he wasn't a party to the decision. Um, but Golak was one that was right out the left field. You know, weren't expecting that. We were probably expecting a Scottish manager, to be honest with you. Uh, I can't. I can't remember who was assistant at the time. It might have been Paul Sturrock, um, mm-hmm. or you know, thought it might have been Laurie. But uh, you no, know, that was that Ivan getting the job was a shock. Was a shock?
0: I when you mention when you you think Ivan Golak, obviously you think of his playing career now. He had a really really underrated yeah. playing career. He'd obviously done really well at Partizan Belgrade. He'd spent his a lot of his career at Southampton as a player. So he was he would have been well known in Scotland. Oh, yeah. in Britain yeah. at that point as a player. Yeah, I mean, I think
1: he won goal of the year one time or on match of the day. and Everybody was aware of who he was and he was kind of squash buckling almost ahead of his time attacking full back. Um, so I thought if he's if he's playing style for his team's going to be anything like the way he played himself, you know, it was, it was quite exciting. Mm-hmm.
0: And the thing is, well, obviously he gets appointed in 1993, but it's crazy to think that this is the first time a foreign manager gets appointed to a Scottish club. I'm oh, surprised so I'm I at that. Look,
1: I didn't that either. <laughs> That's amazing.
0: <laughs> and you th- you think about that as well. Like, what that was? Would that have added to the surprise as well that the United had had went for this gamble of this guy who obviously, and we Scottish football, as you know, is very very weird in terms of its outsiders very rarely do well. Was that fair to say? It's usually the same old faces, isn't it? Yes. The, the, the Largs mafia they used to call it. Yes. <laughs> And I think you, I think that's a similar case now. I think it's like you're sitting there about Derek McInnes, and for right yeah. at the moment it's it's going with the kind of guys you know, as opposed to maybe taking a chance and going further afield. So yeah, yeah. At the time, what was your kind of memories when you were you were you surprised and strangely optimistic when Golat was appointed yeah. or was yeah, totally.
1: It... I me mean, know, it was a surprise, but it was almost like you know a new broom, and you know what we were spoiled at that time. What were we were expecting to be in the top four, and invariably were. And then you start to think, well, maybe Jim can't take us any higher. You know, it's naive now when you look back on it, God. Um, so we thought, well, maybe somebody new coming in now can, can push us on a bit further. Because we haven't won anything since 83. Um, although we'd had uh, numerous cup finals after that, but we haven't actually won anything. So the the, the fact that we're making a change, um, you know, nobody was throwing their hands up with horror at it. With people were thinking it was maybe time for... For a fresh face to come in and a fresh voice and the changing them.
0: Mm-hmm. What was the kind of media's reaction to the Golak appointment? Was it kind of similar to what we've seen in recent years of the kind of that out the the attack dogs out? Kind of who's this who's this foreigner coming in? Who's was that? No, I think I think generally it was it was quite uh, all the media
1: were quite happy because I think Jim intimidated quite a lot of the media as well, so they were probably quite glad to see the back of them and all understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I hear, was this new guy friendly face, very welcoming to everybody. Um, so he got quite a, he got quite a good uh, reception from the media when he was uh, when he was brought into the job.
0: Mm-hmm. The thing of Dundee United was cup, cup finals in the McLean era. Is something I want to get yeah. your thoughts on was Dundee United just couldn't win a cup final. Um, yeah, what was yeah. the memories of those cup finals like? The obviously, the memorable ones, a famous one you remember, but. It was just uh it was this thing with Jim McLean, he just couldn't win that cup well, final. We'd won the two league cups uh, Yeah.
1: in seventy-nine-eighty, and in eighty-one um played Rangers at and actually in both cup finals that year. And we're one-nil up and Paul Sturrock scored an unbelievable goal that was disallowed. Uh and that was in the second half and United went totally into a shell. Uh gave Rangers momentum, Rangers scored two late goals, and that was the start of it, that was the start of what we'd have called the Hamden Hoodoo at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I always felt United would try it go Hamden and then Nick finals, as opposed to Ferdy would go down the road with Aberdeen, we're going to win this, whereas yeah. we were kind of hoping we could win it. And often we treated it like, in a way, European tie-scott, which was, you know, 2 1 away in Europe is no bad result, but it's no use in a cup final. No. Um, and it was quite, a, I think it was three or four cup finals we were lost from winning positions. Um, and, and Jim, believe it or not, was uh, had an awful lack of self belief. And I think that sometimes showed up in cup finals. He was too worried about the opposition um, as opposed to us going out and posing our game on, on them. Um, and I mean, to be fair, the Motherwell game, that was a really strong Motherwell team. Um, probably the best in my lifetime it was a very strong St Mirren team lost the St Mirren 88 Celtics double winning team I think it was just on the cards but there was other games you know against Rangers that, uh, but for instance it we was, it was should have won we certainly should have won another two or three trophies in all honesty if we're just showing a bit more self-belief but just it came to the stage where you were just going through thinking this is going to be another defeat you know so it was a surprise when we actually did win it <laughs>
0: The, the Obviously, the start of that Ivan Golak run was the sale of Duncan Ferguson to Rangers. Now, Duncan yeah. Ferguson had obviously been a massively impressive young talent coming through at Dundee United. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. off the field, maybe a bit, a bit more well-known as well, but he was a top, top talent. What was it like to lose him to Rangers? Was it that kind of thing of, yeah... The money was too good to turn down, or was it? Were you gutted to lose such a big player? Oh, Scott, obviously disappointed, but I think you,
1: you can always tell at a club that sometimes when the players getting too big for the club, and and they've got to go into bigger things. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't think any anybody grudged on his move to Rangers. He um, probably deserved the, the the bigger stage, uh, but obviously a huge loss. I think. I think he gave a lot of lads in the changing confidence in big games because he was so confident himself and he was so gallant. Um And also a huge physical presence. I mean, I remember his, his debut was actually Ibrox and he came on and and he had a Richard Goff and John Brown and he was about 17 or 18. Mm. And they're looking at each other saying, who the hell is this kid? Um, disappointing. I don't think Dunk ever really fulfilled his potential. Um, he, sh- he should have done better than he did. Like, don't get me wrong. So some great moves and made a lot of money, but I think he should have won a, a lot more in the game than than what he did. But but oh, you know, as I say, he's 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 had a, he's had a good career. But yeah, he was a massive loss at the time, no doubt about that.
0: Yeah, have you ever heard the story about what he, what happened to him and Jim McLean in the jam? I was painted on the wall. Yeah, and he's that a, again, team like, team. yeah. And we know what, that's that takes a lot of guts, though. Like I, we we think of Jim McLean as this strict disciplinary and obviously run like his ways wouldn't work now and they certainly wouldn't but no. the guts of doing that about seventeen eighteen yeah. to write on the to call your manager that word and uh, write uh, it, up apparently, and it and... apparently what he went and he told them and, and, and off
1: the record the two of them were pissing themselves laughing at <laughs> it. The fact that he done had the balls to do it. Um, but that, that was done. Now, as we say, maybe Jim would start to struggle with the, the attitude of, of the younger players have mm-hmm. not been as fearful of the manager as the, the, the old
0: brigade had been. Yeah. And was there a kind of seismic shift in terms of like the kind of crop that came through that won the league? The likes of Malpass, Hegarty, Neri. And now you've got the likes of Christian Daly, Andy McLaren, Duncan Ferguson. Kind of maybe bigger characters, is that fair to say? Like, particularly McLaren and Ferguson, who were kind of, I mean, I know Andy McLaren well, he, I'm yeah, I know Andy. Andy McLaren certainly wouldn't hide his opinion. No, yeah, that's right. And I think uh, it's almost like if you think of Pep's
1: great Barcelona team, they were all, you know, Ibrahimovic called them choir boys um, because they just did exactly what the manager was told. But by doing exactly what the manager was told, you got great success. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're winning trophies and you're playing the World Cups. Whereas as again, the younger generation, and it's just a generational thing. not it was in personal against the manager where the people were just saying, I'm not taking that shite off him. So there was definitely a
0: bit of that. So as I say, it, was, it was probably just the right time for him to, to go up the stairs. Mm-hmm. And this thing as well, obviously Duncan Ferguson left for £4 million, but the replacement at the time was... What was the reaction when the, the replacement for Duncan Ferguson was Craig Brewster for two two uh, 250000 grand? Well, I mean... You, Craig
1: Craig lived in Dundee, he's a United fan and he'd, he'd been at United in the youth system but hadn't worked out and he'd gone back and went to Forfer, scored a bar load of goals, through Rovers and scored even more goals. So everybody knew him. Um, but I think, uh, well, obviously, you're, you're hoping he's going to do well, but you're thinking, God, we're going with a quarter-million player to replace a four-million player. But you know what, you kind of you, you had faith in Jim at that time that he would he pull a rabbit out of the hat, so to speak.
0: Yeah. The start of that season, do you remember, been unbeaten in the first eight games of the season, but six draws in there. What was the memories of the first kind of few games of the goal that rain? The, uh, it was the first game I remember more than any. It was
1: Aberdeen at Panadice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a great sort of enthusiasm uh, about it and optimism. But I remember Craig, he put Craig Buster out wide. And I think he got subbed half time, at half-time, time me start. See, guys. So, you know, you'll take a draw against Aberdeen. That's that's fine. But there was no. It wasn't a brilliant start, but I think I don't think there was any panic. I know was was going to get the manager a hard time. He was going to have to get a bed and period and let the players get used to him as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, but we're, weren't overly
0: overly worried that we we're, wasn't we're setting the Heather on fire. Mm-hmm. And what what kind of strikes me when I when I get through this team is there's a really good mix of kind of experience and youth. Yes, and you've got the likes of Malpas, obviously been there and done it. Patridge was coming in, David yeah. Bowman was there, Jim McInally, Billy McKinley, Billy McKinley as well. Obviously went on to have a really good career. But yeah, there's so much of a good mix, and that yeah. was that. Really, was that the kind of time where you felt it was all kind of blending in together, where one yeah. generation was was on yes. its way down, but this younger generation was kind of coming through at the same time? 100% and it
1: was the best crop of young players we would had since uh, we'd won the league. But but mm-hmm. other other groups of players that come in maybe about 80, 87 or 88, but these these guys were looked like they were going to be the real deal, so there was a lot of optimism about the place. And, and there were so many players in the system under 15 Scotland, 16, 17, eighteens, twenty ones that you know, you're thinking there's this 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 you always thought this never ending conveyor belt of talent was going to go on forever,
0: but uh you know it didn't in the end. No. And what kind of strikes me as well is like this is a I mean, that the time was second place out of the each at, at the time for the D Because Celtic weren't Rangers were obviously far and far and away clear, but same place wouldn't have been out of the realms of the no,
1: because there didn't seem to be the the financial disparity that you've got now. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it it just didn't seem to be impossible in your thought. I mean, it's impossible now to to even get second uh, in Scotland, pretty much, which is... And that's getting replicated right across Europe. Um, The the haves and the have-nots, the gaps is just getting bigger and bigger. Um, But at that time, no, it wasn't impossible to to, to be aiming for sort of second or third. Definitely not.
0: Yeah. The... Golak had obviously come in, and I think I'm just going to kind of be straight with this. How different was the attitude from McLean to Golak? I think with McLean, we think of as we say, this really kind of old school manager, but Golak had come in with this laid back attitude, famously was taking the guys, the, the players for walks and the yeah. park and things like that. Did you see that? The difference? Did you see that in the touchline with Golak? Like it was far more laid back than McLean? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, in, in the old days, if United were having a poor spell during the match, and Jim would sometimes either sit up, in, sit up in his wee office in the short sleeves and the door would fly open and he'd come down on the track. And it would lift, you know, the players you see the quick in their step, it would lift the crowd and you'd see a huge different Ivan didn't, that wasn't his style at all. It was a laid-back style. Um, but as, as much as the players, I think, liked it, I think they kind of maybe missed a little bit of the way Jim had been. Um, certainly, fitness-wise, United were super fit under McLean and Bobby <clears throat> Smith. had been set that, but the the fitness levels you started your story stories of players going and doing next on their own because the fitness wasn't good enough. So stories began to, to creep in after not that long that maybe things weren't maybe it wasn't so great to be in a holiday camp after all.
0: <laughs> when when Golak obviously was this was a kind of. What was it like as well? Like obviously it was in the media, like McLean, I mean famously obviously the the incident with John Barnes, but I, I mean I wouldn't like to I wouldn't have liked to interview Jim McLean. I think it'd have been very tough. But yeah. I think Golat gave you more as well. I think Golat was very well obviously a, a different kind of it was it was different for the media as well because this was the kind of as I say, the first time they dealt with a foreign manager, but yeah, what was it like you kinda know, as a media guy? Because any time you listen to him he seems to be kinda of very calm, very will be—he's very detailed about what he wants to say, and I think it—I think for a and D United fan at the time, that would have been very nice to hear, as opposed to McLean's kind of opposite approach.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think the media loved him because he always had a story. You yeah. know, he, the German Nixon's worth ten million. You know what I mean? That, yeah. And that's a couple of hundred million now. By <laughs> the time we went to Ibrox and he says we're going to win three 0 and we three 0 up after twenty-three minutes, it was lunacy. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, the I said the papers did like him, and, and the, I think the, the players liked him as well. They, they, they did, and they were playing for him. And mm-hmm. it was maybe just it was maybe just too much of a change to go from one extreme to the other. That's that's maybe ultimately what
0: uh, cost him his job. Mm-hmm. What were your memories of that three 0 one? Obviously, uh, I won the one at Tannadice over Celtic in November, but a three 0 one away to Rangers and. Just before Christmas and the 11th of December, bottom and goal oh. I said he, he predicted it.
1: Yeah, he did. It was mad and that was a, it was it was a great performance and it was a good Rangers team, a really good Rangers team. But what that did was it gave the team confidence that when it came to the cup final end of the season, they knew they could go to Glasgow and would and have a good chance of beating Rangers.
0: So it was it was great for that. Do you remember how tight the the third round tie was against the broth in that cup run? Yeah, I mean it was the usual howling girl.
1: Uh, I was at that game and I remember Craig Brewster scored a, a superb shot with the wind behind his back. But is mean, always a tough place to go, and and you know, like the Scottish Cup, you just want to get through. That's that's all that matters at the end of the day. So that was a really tough tie. Like.
0: Mm-hmm. The the whole thing, obviously, the league. One thing you look when you see this league run is the amount of draws, and yeah. it, it stands out immediately just how many draws draws there are in that league. They finished six but. There was obviously a, an encourage. It was an encouraging team. It was, as you say, a really good balance to it. Cup fight, yeah. Semi cup, league cup, semi final defeat to Hibs as well. Was that a disappointment yeah. at the time?
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. that was at I Remember that. Um, I think
1: Darren Jackson scored for Hibs, which was disappointing as well. Being an ex player, um, but again, semi final. You get there. It's, the young lads getting more experience, which helps you when you get to your next semi final. So, it's never, a, you know, it's disappointing not to win, but it's never a waste. You know, it's never a waste of a night. It's, it was it was worth it to give the boys the, the wee bit of experience for going into the Scottish Cup semi-final.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Motherwell was the next game. Obviously, a rematch from 89. The yeah. first tie, hope, 2-2 draw at home. What were your memories yeah. of that day? Craig uh,
1: Brewster, that was the day that Brewster kind of arrived. Uh, right. He scored two brilliant goals. That's when the fans really took them that day. He'd been struggling a bit up to then. He was a bit down in the mouth. Um, but that that really gave him the confidence to kick on. Um, and I think Mother I John Phillibin scored with the last kick of the game. Yeah. To to take it to the replay uh, at Firth Park. Uh and, and that's a difficult place to go. So that was a absolutely huge result for to United to, to win there that night. Do you
0: remember who scored the goal at Far Park? Brian How Welsh. Brian Welsh, Wils, correct. Welsh. Was, was that that was obviously there, were, there would there have been a thing obviously of not getting the job done at home, as you say, but going to fourth pack, as you say, which is never easy and getting that victory yeah. would have been massive. Well, there was there was Scott it was funny, there was just a kind of confidence, a feeling that this
1: was over here. United you know, you took something like 5,000 well, or whatever well that night on a Wednesday night. You know, there was just Everybody everyone just kind of felt that we're finally gonna we're finally gonna do it this year. <laughs> so they were they were carrying a great support to, to all the cup tags. Um but yeah, it's never easy at third Park. Never easy. That was, that was a huge result.
0: No. It goes on to the, the quarterfinals away to Airdrie. Nothing yeah. draw. draw. you at yeah. that? Yeah, and Booster sent off, if I remember right, mm-hmm. um, in that game.
1: So again, we're just happy to get back to Tannidice because, again, it used to be really tough going to Airdrie as
0: well. But we stayed stadium. Um, the replay, I think Andy McLaren scored a double. It was a 2-0 win. It was Andy McLaren and Billy McKinley with the two oh. goals at home. And the semi-final was set with Aberdeen. Now yeah. Aberdeen are obviously in the way down at that point, Fergie had left. I think Wally was a manager at this point. But was there still that new firm rivalry at the time? Like Oh yeah. 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 That's something for boys
1: of my age that
0: I mean for us,
1: Dundee's our biggest game, but Aberdeen's our second biggest game. Um that rivalry is kind of still there. But but the, guys of a certain age, certainly. Um that's I used to love the old firm derby's. Uh, especially when it was we Jim, against Fergie, and it was you get a full house. You get a great day up Aberdeen, and they bring a big support down to Dundee. Um, great atmosphere. So, yeah, that was a game we're looking forward to going to Hamden. We had a lot of confidence going going into that
0: match. Hamden in the 9th of April, a one-one draw. Brian Welsh again, but Aberdeen scored. What's in memories of that first game?
1: Well, I think Van der Camp and the Gulf United flogged it after about two minutes. We were just yeah. inside the ground, and he flogged it. Uh, and then Welchie scored with the last kick of the goal, the last header of the game and again that's when you start thinking no names on this trophy, you know, the last minute equaliser um, so, but it was back again at Hamden I think on the, the Wednesday yeah, night it was crazy, play, uh, it should, yeah. should have been at Denz or something really, uh, or even Edinburgh um, and Jimmy Mark came up with the, the one goal that separated the sides of a late goal on the night,
0: so and it was a trip to uh, Hamden to play Rangers in the final. Now, as we mentioned, this Rangers team are going for back-to-back trebles. They're dominating Scottish football. But golat's confident. I mean, one Sorry. thing about Ivan Golat was he was in you. He, he, he fancied his chances and he was very positive. One thing you can say about him is, we've listened to him and I've listened to a couple of his interviews in the past couple of days. He was very confident in that team. Well, we played
1: Rangers Ibrox just a couple of weeks before. Um, I think Rangers had tied up the league. Yeah, a, a good few weeks before, and they were almost, you know, in the flip flops scenario and on the beach. And United went to brox and Rangers went 2 one. United played really well in the day. Uh, that gave them a lot of confidence going into the final. Um, and I think Rangers mentally had possibly switched off just a little bit. We having won the league so soon. Um, so again, that game was giving us confidence for going into the the cup final.
0: Mm-hmm. The cup final, the obviously the thing that will stick out is the goal. But yeah. getting into that game, what was it? What was it like? Or was there, was there fears that was the feels that this is a, another this is going to be another day, just another cup final, or was a sort did you feel something different?
1: No, it was strange. A lot of people were confident, and I have no idea why. But I mean, probably Ivan. That was probably the Ivan effect. Mm-hmm. Um, he had everybody relaxed. The players the day before the final went to Hamilton races. They will have a couple of beers if they wanted it. Um, I mean, a completely different attitude. To, I think Jim used to give the team the fear going into finals, unfortunately, again, through his own insecurities. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas Ivan had them going there believing we're going to win the Cup.
0: You know, there wasn't any doubt about it. Mm-hmm. One thing that strikes me as for... It's a really attacking lineup. I mean, I'm just I'll go through the team and you can see if you agree. But Van der Kamp, Malpas, Petrich, Brian Welsh is your back three. MacInally, Bowman, Hannah, Cleland, and then a front three of Daly, Brewster, and McLaren. Yeah, he certainly doesn't fear them. And certainly he's going for this.
1: Yeah, yeah. And Cleland was pushing forward from from the wide position. that, that no, there was no playing at KG sitting in or anything like that they, they went for it right from the start you know there was there was no hanging about there was a very very positive attitude mm-hmm.
0: Dundee United had a penalty claim turned down in the 11th minute but it was goals yeah. at half time what was the memories of that was that a penalty? Hey, well I think you've got to murder
1: somebody in Glasgow to get a penalty you know what I mean <laughs> I didn't yeah, it, yeah possibly the possibly. Rangers might have
0: got it but we weren't getting it <laughs> Was there still that feeling? Was it was it was there still that feeling at halftime and that confidence? Yes. Yeah,
1: the, the feeling, like, because obviously the longer the game goes on that you can nick a goal, you know, and then you can you have someone to hang on to. So yeah, there was yeah, there definitely still a feeling of confidence going into the second half. Because with March Strangers in the first half, definitely.
0: Yeah. The the second half only takes two minutes for the united to take the lead. Ali Maxwell, I still don't know to this day what he's doing, but he, his attempt at a clearance comes off Christian Daly. Who kinda of weirdly just I don't think he's trying to score. I think he's he's trying to just get the ball as close the to area. the line and yeah. Brewster's there to put it in. I mean, what a what a feeling that must have been.
1: Well, actually, for a hometown boy, you know what I mean? It's uh, it's it's a dream come true to, to score the winner in the cup final. Um and it was the longest forty three minutes of my life, I'll tell you after
0: that. <laughs> I like I spent half of them in the toilet. <laughs> That goal obviously gives the United a massive boost, and Rangers come back for an equaliser. But one thing I want to get your your thoughts on was a save that goes very much under the radar. Van Camp save from Mikhail Lachenko is one of that, the best that. saves. Yeah, that is one of the yeah. best saves I think I've seen.
1: And I think then Scott, that's whenever you start to think this is this is your day, you know, because mm-hmm. that was only about fifteen to go, something like that. Um, and despite I think Rangers brought in big dunk as well at the end. To, yeah, to join Hatley up front, but you know what? Brian <coughs> went and Perish won just a about every header, uh, and they never really threatened after that chance. That was
0: that was the big chance for Rangers that day. As you say, the defense. How how much credit do they deserve that day? Because if, there's only one change, man. McLaren comes off for Jared Nixon, and you would think nowadays, like the first thing you would think, Gary Boland sitting in the bench. Gary Boland would be on. Yeah, day. yeah. I mean, that back three were just colossal that day. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and uh, I always remember Higgett and neri were on the bench. Higgett was coaching, and neri had injury problems. and no. They went right on to Welshie at the end. That was the first person they ran over there. Because for a young guy, he, he pretty much put Mark early in his in his back pocket, which was not an easy thing to do. No.
0: What was the memories of that day when that final whistle went? Oh, it was, it was a lot of tears. There was a lot of
1: tears. And I think... Um, Right, my old man had passed a couple of years before that, so you start to think about the people that had been all the cup final, loads of cup finals, yeah. seven or six of them before, and had lost, uh, and to finally to get it was a really, really emotional, really emotional time
0: at the final whistle. Would you think immediately? I like. Do you think this is going to be tough? And I don't know if you will agree, but was there a jealousy with Jim McLean because of that? Do you think that this guy had come straight in and won that, or was? Because Jim McLean, he doesn't treat me as a guy who would be obviously would be happy the club had won it. But look, would there be yeah, more like frustration there's, there's, he didn't want it himself? Yeah, I think there's about to be
1: frustrations. Um, no, nah, you'd be delighted for the players and the fans. You'd be delighted for Ivan, but he'd probably see, he'd probably just made them recover even more regrets about the times he should have won it. Yeah, you know, I think that would have been it, that would have been his feeling. But overall. He only ever wanted what was best for the club at any point, as a over and above himself. So, but I think uh, what it maybe did was if you had any thoughts about getting rid of Ivan, it, it made it incredibly difficult because you had the Scottish Cup yes. on the trophy cabinet.
0: I think that might have been an issue. Is, we're now at the stage where I want to ask: What was the was the whispers about the fraught relationship between play, uh, manager and chairman at the time? Yeah. Yeah, and there was always going to be that,
1: because if you know Jim's personality, he, he needs to he needs to be involved in everything at the club. Now, that's maybe not a bad thing. You know, Brian Clough was exactly the same, Fergie was the same. You know, from deciding who's driving the bus to what kind of pies you're getting into picking the team on a Saturday, he had to, to know everything. So if, I think he must have found it incredibly difficult to hand over the reins, uh, and especially with uh, signings. Um mm-hmm. I think he found it difficult that he didn't have the final say on signings. Um, I mean, he used to sometimes come into... We're a bakery not far from town. He'd come in for his roles in the morning. And I have sometimes standing blethered. I mean, started ranting and raving about the boys that Ivan was signing in the, in the middle of the street. Like, <laughs> I, I can't can't do <laughs> But that, that was a difficult thing for him because he was obviously looking after the first strings at that time. I and mean, he wasn't happy to the standard the player that was coming in. But he had to give the manager his place.
0: Did mm-hmm. did you feel a change at the in the summer? Obviously, when the the season started, it was a really poor start to the season. Uh, four defeats in the first six games. It it wasn't great, was it? Did you feel a difference at the start of the next yeah.
1: season? Yeah, well, Scott, you know what well, Funnily off because we were wear out at the time. Just inside whispers. A lot of the young lads felt the wanted to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I'll be honest with you, if you win a a, a major trophy at a provincial club you're not going to do any more than that. You're not going to get better than that. You probably are as well moving on. Um, you've got your legendary status, but there was you're starting to get moans, hear whispers of moans about money it could be earning more elsewhere, which is, you know fair enough. And Maurice Malpass recently did a, a podcast speaking about that period. Uh, and he said exactly the same. He says there was a, a change in attitude in the young lads that they just weren't as maybe committed as they had been. Yeah. winning the trophy, taking the edge off them. So that's probably the best way to, uh, best way to describe it. And when Jim, we not having Jim on them all the time to keep the standards up, things generally start to slip and they start to slip very, very quickly.
0: Tak Van Prezov, remember them?
1: Yes. Yes. I didn't go to the away leg, so it wasn't me that was on the, the, the wing of the plane as it was coming into land, and that's a true story. Yeah, yeah. so. bad. But- yeah, that- that that was, that was a disappointing, disappointing result because I think they were ahead in the second leg as well. So yeah, that was just the kind of typical, the sort of thing that was
0: happening at that time. Mm-hmm. And as you say, and it's that thing of, can you can you improve on that? You've, as you say, the day United aren't going to win the league at that point. Their, no, the days were high. The, the, the recruitment wasn't good enough, Scott. Yes. Um, you know, the suspect of him, you the respect him. Do you mention
1: like Davy Craig coming in from I think was from Dundee and Boy Sergio from Brazil. Mm-hmm. uh I think the goalie from Norway or something. He shipped five in his first game at Easter Road. Yeah. So the, the standard the player coming in wasn't up to the the standard that the club had
0: employed in the past, basically. And was that tough to was that tough as a fan because obviously Golak had come in and won the cup, but you could see obviously the players he, he was bringing in just weren't good enough? Well, you know what, Scott? It was uh, winning the cup, everybody was on such a high
1: that you were just kinda not gonna fuck with won the cup, you mm. know. Although that didn't you on that started to wear off after a while. Um, but that definitely bought him time that he probably wasn't deserving of <laughs> the way the season was going. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there, still, there was still a bit of euphoria surrounding the, 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 and amongst the fans after winning the trophy, but that, that doesn't last for long when you start to see a, a load of
0: poor results coming in. And just results weren't good enough, and it's that simple. I mean, 3-0 at home to Rangers, 4-0, yeah. uh, as you say, 5-0 uh, away, 5-0 and 4-0 away to Hibbs. The only thing I can point to, a 6-1 win over Motherwell in the middle of yeah. January, that was obviously a, a fascinating day, but could you just get the feeling that there was something going on? Yeah, yeah. When I looked funny, I went and dug
1: out the results today, and I noticed from March to May, when won one game out of eleven, drew one, and lost nine. Um, so that 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 tells its own story. Um, so no, you could see it was just a slippery slope. And you know what it's like if you're, if your team's on that slope, it's very hard to get off it. And it's, you know you lose last minute goals. Or boys would be hitting worldies from thirty yards that are going to the top corner. they would normally gone. To you at the stand, something just seems to start to go against you. Um, so yeah, you could
0: kind of see it coming from from about February, to be honest with you. And do you think McLean was do you think he because he'd obviously brought Golak in, and obviously, that the man that follows the man obviously has it tough? We saw that with Fergie, yeah. Fergie later on, obviously, he right. but. Do you think he really had a chance, Golak, with results being so poor, like the cashier of the Scottish Cup just wasn't enough? Uh,
1: yeah, I, I think Jim would, would have been sitting with his finger on the trigger Yeah,
0: probably around about Christmas, to be honest with you. Uh, the, the fascinating thing to me is is that, as you say, like Motherwell win, a draw with Rangers, two wins at home at Falkirk and Partick Thistle, and then heading into March, it just all falls off a cliff. And, just, totally. Yeah. T- and two defeats, two away defeats to command and Parthasar, so kind of sealed his yes. face, to be honest. And it was yes, yes. What was your memories of the day that eventually the trigger was pulled and he was sacked? Um, probably that was
1: time. It was time for the change. It was because then they had to do something. There was there was no real sign of things getting turned around. Um. That there was three consecutive results there. I like, think what did you? There was another one. Mother was Motherwell. Motherwell was Motherwell
0: was the first game after the Motherwell, Thistle, uh, and
1: Killie, or something like that. And that's games you're expecting to win if
0: they're, you
1: know they've yeah. done United. So Jim's probably just sitting there itching to pull the trigger, and eventually thought, "No, nah, we can't have risk the club being relegated." Um, not that it made any difference, but he's 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 felt he should to make the decision. And to be fair, I mean, there's other board members as as well, so it wouldn't have just been Jim. But I don't think MB was overly shocked that uh, when he went,
0: the replacement for Golax, obviously Billy Kirkwood, obviously a club legend, had been there with McLean through the as a player. What was your reaction when he came in? Was it a case of because he hadn't been a manager? That's this was his first job. He'd obviously been a coach and things like that, but.
1: I think he was Rangers. Was it Rangers youth? Or
0: Rangers, yes, it? Yeah, it yeah, was it Rangers? But what was the kind of feeling of him coming in? Not quite happy with that. Uh,
1: now, as we've learned, of course, since then, bringing ex-players in as managers just has never ever worked ever. Um. So, but at the time, we thought, yeah, okay, because he's he was a good player. He's tactically aware. Um. He knows how the club works. He knows the standards. Uh, first game, I think Rangers scored within about sixty seconds in <laughs> his first game at Tarnadice. Um But no, he could hardly. Well, he couldn't have buy it win either. I think he got one victory away to Partick. This all between March and uh, March and May. So uh, any effort he made to turn it around didn't really didn't really work either, to be honest.
0: And the highest of highs of winning the Scottish Cup the season before to the lowest of lows when relegated for the Premier Division. I mean, what what happened? What how how does it go from? so high to so low in the space of a season?
1: Yeah, well, it's it's just a drop in the standards. I mean, as you get older and watch football, as, as much as academies are important, recruitment is actually key uh, to success at any club. And when you looked at, dug out the, the squad today, funnily enough, and highlighted the signings, I thought these signings are just not good enough. Mm. You know, and, and if you marry that to the fact that some of the guys didn't want to be there
0: anymore, um, it's a recipe for disaster basically. yeah and McLean obviously stays on what he, can I want to kind of touch on his kind of later on kind of before he obviously gives up as chairman but he brings in his brother Tommy Tommy improves it uh, the team drastically gets the United yeah. the for Cup like what changed like when was kind of relegation ended up becoming kind of maybe a blessing in disguise because he could bring in somebody close to him who he knew and he, he they could work off each other. Was that my bacon? Yeah. Well, I, think, time? I think, I think, Kirk, I think Kirk had another season. I think Kirk got us up. Yeah. And
1: then, uh, and then I think, I can't remember, yeah. maybe he had a course, five,
0: six games. Yeah, and then he was, yeah. he was,
1: sad. And then Tommy, Tommy had only started at the Throvers the week before. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and Jim went and coached him. But, no, because to me, I, I like a bit of discipline, discipline about football club and standards and so on. So Tommy was as close to Jim as you're going to get, rather yeah. than Fergie. Um, and I, it was probably exactly what the club was needing at that time. And again, we, we, we talked about recruitment earlier on. He, he'd obviously, he'd been out the game for a while, but he'd spent his time scouting. So he brought over the Scandinavians, who were all fantastic players. um, And we went on this long, long, unbeaten run. Yeah. um. Much I think it ended when we lost it in the semi final of the cup to Kelly the year they won it, Um, but he he made a a huge difference to the club and kind of gave them back their their mojo. Mm
0: -hmm. And the overall legacy of that team, obviously winning that cup and then particularly Golak, what was what was your kind of memories of that team? Like if I was to ask you now, what's the overall legacy of Ivan Golak at the day United? What would you say?
1: Oh, I mean, don't get a song that, you know, they've heard the union reunion dinners and Ivan's treated like a hero. You know, there's no doubt about it. Uh, and, and the good thing about that team was a lot of the young lads that, you know, we would go out socialising the weekend. And other young boys would be there, Gary Bowen and, and Grant Johnson, Christian Daly, Craig Brewster. All these lads would all, Davy Hanna, they'd all be out. So we knew them all. So for, for them to win the cup was kind of extra special Um, because we knew they knew how much it meant to us and we knew how much it meant to them. So it's was, it was a special... For for MD that was there that day, it was, it's a, a very, very special memory. And wouldn't it be hard to, hard to beat it, to be honest with you?
0: Yeah, I mean, it must be tremendous, as you say. With Jim McLean, the final words in, in Jim McLean, obviously, it kind of slows down a bit and the merger comes about. Did that make him unpopular at the time, the potential merger with Dundee. Well... I don't know much
1: of, it was about a merger. I think Jim was looking at buying over Dundee. Yeah. That was that was the plan. And the Mars, as far as I'm aware, had agreed to it. And then at the last minute, pulled out for obvious reasons, because they wouldn't have been able to walk the streets of Dundee again because of the Dundee fans. Um, but I think Jim was probably looking ahead. I mean, you know, is Dundee big enough for two clubs? You know, that's another... Certainly <coughs> going to be two stadiums. That's that's for sure. Yeah. Um, so, but I I don't know if that would have ever worked. To be honest with you, so you know that was that was a kind of strange one as far as I'm concerned.
0: Mm-hmm. But as as you say, it's it's a fat It's a really interesting time for the United fans. Obviously, a cup win and, and later on won the cup in 2010. But again, it was just breaking that hoodoo once. It? it was just getting over yeah. that hurdle of yeah. those cup heartaches in the past. Oh, I mean, I mean, there were some horror, horror days at Hamden and
1: you know, I can still see Frank McGarity with a top half for '85, and you know, Frank lack like, of any big, stupid grin for '88, and I still can't even watch them to this day uh, on the telly. Uh, but you know what? You've got to suffer sometimes the pain of defeat to enjoy victory all the more, and and, and it just made uh, 1994
0: all the more enjoyable. I'll be honest with you, yeah. Alan, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. It's been really good to look back in this time. Thank you very much. Well, oh, fantastic, Scott. I'm well impressed with your knowledge, by the way, I'll tell you. Um, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure.
1: Thank you very much for the invite. Um, thank you.